the Giant Dwarf Podcast, a podcast about kings of war and a lot of other stuff. Hello, guys. Good evening. Hello. So who do we have on the call? My name is Fos. I uh, helped uh, Jürgen organize the Drizzle of Kings tournament this uh, weekend. My name is Simon, and I helped uh, Truls and Jürgen make their prediction come true. And uh, my name is Morten, and I also did uh, my part. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> and my name is Jürgen, and I was uh, in some uh, shape or form the organizer of uh, our first doubles uh, Kings of War event in Bergen, which was called the Drizzle of Kings, which was actually held yesterday. And uh, so we have uh, begged uh, Fred to let us hijack the Giant Dwarf podcast and talk a little bit about uh, the experience and everything going on with King Sawar in Bergen. But for we, before we start, Simon, I think you have to explain why this tournament is, is called Drizzle of Kings, which is a name that ab- makes absolutely no sense at all. Uh, I obviously completely disagree. Um, (laughs) It makes uh, absolutely perfect sense because you see that if you have a serious tournament, it's the reign of kings, right? If you have a bigger tournament, like kind of a grand tournament, it could be, let's say, the storm of kings. But now it's a doubles tournament, which is a little bit lighter version. So it's a slight drizzle. So uh, <laughs> we have been, uh, for shizzle, we have been drizzling uh, this uh, weekend. And it was good fun, yes. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Now it yeah. certainly makes a lot more sense. So we, uh, we will just uh, start off with uh, talking about the, the day that we had yesterday. Um, and uh, maybe we can go through your games. I don't want to spoil anything, but we have... Uh, some very high-placing individuals. No, not individuals. We have the highest-placing <laughs> team <laughs> with us uh, tonight. Uh, so uh, I thought we could do a tournament recap and go through the games. Uh, but before we do that, we should maybe just talk a little bit about the premise for this tournament. Because it was um, it's an effort to uh, grow the Kings of War scene in Bergen. And uh, we had uh, six teams, 12 players... And of those, we actually had five players that never attended a Kings of War tournament before. So we would call that a great success in our small gaming community. Uh, and of course, with so many uh, new players, things were very l- relaxed, low-key, no painting requirements or anything. Uh, just a good day of gaming, having fun, meeting people, and uh, for some people, uh, learning the game, playing their first games. Uh, and I think it worked out quite well. I don't know what you guys uh, thought thought about the day. Ah, it was okay. Uh, very nice. I want to point out that the Jürgen actually made bases for the people who didn't have King's War armies or bases where they could put their... Uh, you did? Like yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> some uh, Age of Sigmar and some uh, Lord of the Rings miniatures, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm allergic yeah. to to cardboard bases, uh, <laughs> so uh, I saw I knew two of them would come with cardboard bases. And uh, but, just, um, regardless, you know of the of the absence of painting requirements and the bases you made, etc. I think there were very many nicely painted armies there, regardless. So I mean, uh, uh, even though we had let's say super low threshold for entrance, uh, I think the level was uh, was okay. Yeah, sure, and uh, of course. When people just have a, a completely painted army, most 
most of them showed up with uh, completely painted armies. Uh, and the standard doesn't have to be sky high, you know. If it's painted and it uh, looks coherent, it's actually just nice to play against. And also, you know, we have a we have a, a guy now that can challenge the best painted. Uh, we have, should uh, mention that because uh, with uh, Philip, there's a serious contender for a best painted award uh, that we have in our ranks now. Yeah, definitely. His yes. books were uh, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, but uh, I mean, Eirik, uh, he cannot just bring his army and expect to win because I think uh, Philip, uh, I think, is uh, something to be reckoned with. Uh, that's for sure. Um, so uh, maybe we should just go quickly through the, the, the rules or the, the, the rules pack because we had made some um, slight changes inspired by um, uh, the Blue City Brawl tournament. Uh, is it in Memphis? You listened to that episode on Countercharge Tools. Uh, yes, something like that. Yeah, uh, I don't know who exa- exactly who hosts it, but the countercharge guys uh, are um, involved uh, in it. And uh, I asked uh, Rob Fanoff if we could look at uh, the the rules pack for that tournament, and they had some nice ideas because if you just show up with two armies uh, uh, that are counted counted as allies. Then the 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 game will not be very or the the the, uh, the alliance will not feel very coherent, you know, just two separate armies facing off uh, two other separate armies with no interaction. So we had uh, we adopted a few rules from their uh, the Rules City Brawl rules pack, which was that uh, you can cast spells on uh, 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 your allied uh, force, and you, you can. Uh, Nominate one inspiring model to be the War King that actually gives inspiring to the whole alliance, just to give it a little bit more uh, interaction. And uh, the rest was uh, simple enough: two thousand points, thousand points each, three games. Uh, scenarios uh, were taken hold, scavenge and control. Maps were set up according to the uh, Epic Dwarf map pack, which is, works very nicely for this kind of tournament. Uh, the tables were set up with uh, ma- gaming mats and uh, nice-looking terrain, and uh, yeah, I think that's about it. And uh, of course, the 15-10-5 scoring system uh, adjusted for, uh, for uh, kill points as well. Uh, pretty standard setup. But uh, maybe you uh, guys uh, can. Uh, I didn't obviously didn't play anything during the day. I just uh, walked around with so many new people, uh, new guys. Kings of War normally doesn't generate uh, lots of rules questions, but uh, actually, when five out of twelve people are more or less brand new to the game, there will be a lot of uh, questions. So I actually just walked around asking questions all day. Uh, besides, when I got a break, when I, for driving to get pizza. Um, and also giving t- tactical advice to our opponents, uh, critical <laughs> shenanigans, critical oh, shenanigans. Yeah, but it's you know, tactical tricks. It's called uh, dirty tricks. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, they were uh, baby seals. They had to get some kind of assistance. But um, after that game, I think they were pretty much uh, self-reliant. But uh, from baby seals, baby seals, baby seals. <laughs> <laughs> Simon likes clubbing baby seals. 
No, but I think it was it was quite good. I mean, this uh, the introductory side of it was uh, was great because you see that I always say that uh, if if you go back to my this earlier podcast in which I was part of, I always spoke about the social contract that you have in gaming, and I think the situation is amplified. Uh, by making it a team tournament, and and in this case, it worked out fabulously. I think uh, there was nobody that didn't have fun, no matter the gaming result, actually. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, <clears throat> but let's go through the games. Um, the first scenario was uh, Taken Hold, which is a new scenario from the Clash of Kings, uh, Clash of Kings 2018. And we have two teams represented here. Uh, Truls, you were on team with uh, Philip. Yep. And uh, Morten and uh, Simon, you were on a team together. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to talk about uh, your first game? You know, it's it, the, the, we, we played the last, last, uh, last day, right? So um, uh, my short memory is uh, bad, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, you want me to refer uh, to, 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 uh, to explain first game? Oh, yeah, do it. Oh yeah, the first game was uh, we played. Well, first of all, uh, Morton he played uh, a Varanger list, and uh, and I played goblins. Um, the concept of the army was uh, the goblins providing some shooting and meat shield, and the Varangers uh, providing, let's say, the hard hitting units in in form of knights. Uh, one unit of knights, uh, one unit of, of fallen, uh, a king on a, on a big flying monster, and of course the goblins they had uh, a lot of uh, spitter, some rabble. Trombone, some rock lobbers, uh, spear chuckers, this type deal. Um, and in, in the first game, we are facing off against salamanders. And uh, the second one was, uh, hang on, what was the second one? Ah, the second, the Rodia, Rodia, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rodia, and the uh, with, the, with the horse horses, right? Yes, 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 yes. The but. Yeah. Uh, but um, I must say this uh, scenario uh, that we we we, uh, we played a draw. I, uh, I can say that uh, in our favor, twelve to eight. And the reason why we had this draw uh, was actually that I made a mistake in uh, deploying the mission counters. Um, I was a little bit too optimistic, and uh, and that ended up uh, putting us in a draw situation. But let, let's say the main takeaway of this game was that uh, our opponents uh, was uh, Thomas and Björn. Yeah. Uh, both new to both new to the game and uh, a very nice fellows. Especially Thomas was 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 quite familiar with the rules. He he knew what was going on and and you could see he had been wargaming before because he had the let, let's say the systematic thinking was already there and and, and they really did a, did a good job and and this combined with this really bad token placement uh, of course allowed us to tie the game and and win on uh, win on slaughter margin in in absence of a seventh turn if we had had a seventh turn we probably would have won that game but but for me it's good because Bjorn played his first game he actually bought a box of abyssals from me a while back hasn't gotten around to paint them yet and i think also thomas will be somebody that we will see in the future playing kings of war so so uh, that was uh, and for morton and i Getting into it, uh, we have not had any practice games or nothing. We spoke uh, 30 minutes about our general strategy, and uh, last uh, month I didn't play so much Kings of War, so it took us some time getting into it. And uh, this was a good warm-up, and I think uh, everybody had had good fun. And uh, I also like the scenario concept. Never played this scenario before. I think it's quite good to have this uh, the points uh, accumulation uh, during the game and um, and. Uh for, for controlling uh, the, the objective 
objectives each round is a is a different yeah. uh, and you generate points each round and you you can't lose the points so it's a oh. different type of scenario that haven't hasn't been in kings of war before I like it because it's uh, it, it's it's uh, you don't just you don't just get the situation where you just crush the other army and then you're finished because you're doing most of the crushing from turn three and onwards, and at, at that point you're you're busy uh, contesting the objectives. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but uh, the main thing for me is that uh, it shows that you don't you don't lose a game of uh, Kings of War uh, when you're at home uh, picking your army. You're losing. Mm. You're losing on the in the, on the table, not uh, not when you're sitting home. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's this, uh, predictions podcast in Norwegian, <laughs> and we predicted a quite big uh, ma- major win for you guys. In this yeah, game. but that's we had we had some uh, some gambles and some luck, so that's mm, it could have been both ways. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But they, uh, I mean, for those two guys playing their. Three for well, Bjorn actually had his first three games ever of Kings of War, and and uh, Thomas had uh, three of his four first games during uh, this tournament. So, uh, so uh, I think in that uh, context, I think they did uh, quite well. Yeah, I agree. Trolls, you want to go through your uh, your uh, first game? Yeah, sure. Uh, I played uh, Abyssal Dwarves uh, with uh, two grotesque hordes. And uh, some half breeds and uh, half breed champion uh, and some chaff uh, in the form of gargoyles. And I uh, played with his ogres, which was basically two hordes of warriors, a horde of uh, siege breakers, and the captain and the giant. Um, and our we hadn't played a game uh, with those lists. We had I I'd given him uh, like one or two demo games, and we had one demo game with you. Uh, Jürgen, right? Yeah, well, you absolutely tabled me. Yeah, <laughs> which was with the with with well, was with another list that I yeah. that I did some changes with. Uh, but apart from that, we hadn't uh, really discussed anything other than okay. We realized that his army is slightly uh, slower than mine, so uh, he is kind of a instead of a, a hammer and anvil tactic, we go for two hammers, one slow and one fast. <laughs> And then uh, <laughs> just try and uh, yeah, my my units are a bit more mobile, so I would take the side with a bit more terrain, so I could move around and you know cut the potion and and uh, uh, nimble uh, grotesque cords and stuff like that. So apart from that, we really didn't have any plan, and I hadn't read a, a scenario or anything. Um, but we played against um, uh, let's see, yeah, we played against Husa and Linu. Uh, also, she used her herd army, uh, which she hadn't uh, ever her, uh, used before. Uh, Lino used his Varanger army, and um, I think, uh, yeah, we decided to just focus on two objectives, and then um, um, I think, yeah, what the biggest mistake they did? I think they overcommitted their. Their, uh, their king on the Chimera and flew him, landed him behind our, our lines and then my uh, my abyssal uh, half-breed champion just turned around and knocked him out of the sky and then uh, so he was grounded and then he was they, uh, him and the captain and the giant all charged um, uh, the, the king and killed him and by that we could more or less um, control the uh, the movement of the enemy so 
I think we they got four victory points the first turns because they had some more shooting and we spent more time maneuvering. Uh, then we had uh, three objectives um, after after the turn that. So I think it was like eighteen two or something like that. Seventeen uh, three, I think. So two yeah. big wins for you guys, both your, yep. both the teams. And uh, interestingly enough, um, Philip uh, on your team, as you said, hasn't played Kings of War before, in a, besides a few demo games. And Lunur, he, he hasn't uh, played in any tournaments, so he played a long while ago, and now he's uh, uh, been in his first tournaments. I think that is was uh, great to, to see as well. Yeah. Neither, neither did Morton, by the way, and uh, ah, true. <laughs> and uh, I think it's a little bit of a, if you can say this on a politically correct uh, podcast, it's a little bit of a bitch move because <laughs> because he's actually quite a good player, and uh, I think this uh, bullshit that he doesn't play in any tournaments. I think I hope this uh, is at an end now, and no, we will no. see him uh, more frequently. Yeah. The whole point of this tournament is to uh, give him a taste. <laughs> sweet victory yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh so it, it was set up all the time okay yeah, yeah. it was a setup yeah <laughs> uh, I understand <laughs> <laughs> yeah so onwards to game two um, scenario scavenge digging up tokens oh yeah the digging mm. the digging yeah did we do uh, quite well there Simon yes uh, I think it was quite okay game yes I mean uh um, of course, the scenario we all know, uh, three positions on the map on the center line, you can move uh, into the control of the kind of digging site and then dig up loot tokens, um, which uh, which uh, form the winning uh, condition of the scenario. And uh, we were faced off against the Icelandic team, which had previously lost to Truls and Philip and um, of Varenga and, and Hurd. And I think... Uh, Morten, you can explain a bit what you did there on the left flank. I think it was rather interesting because we started finding our vibe a bit in that game. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, uh, man, I don't remember. What uh, I, I, king on the. It was the king on the left flank, and uh, you were outflanking them really wide with the oh, king. Oh yeah, yeah, right. sure, the king, Please. yeah. Yes. Uh, my king and his king was dancing all match, all, all the whole game, and uh, and I had uh, the uh, the form on the same flank, and they dig digged up uh, tokens and uh, gave them away to your uh, goblins behind, and uh, that's that. That was it. They. Uh -oh. I think I think that the, their problem was that they uh, they stretched their line too uh, too far. Also, not uh, let's say they didn't really have any uh, let's say chaff units. I think they had very few drops, so where they were of course out dropped by our list and uh, and the fact that uh, we were able to to, to focus fire a unit of Diafang riders early and take them out of the game for I don't know two hundred fifty plus points or something like that. That makes a makes a big difference because uh, with that threat from the flank, uh, they were really scrambling. Meaning that our movement uh, ability from the Varanga put them on the back foot early, and uh, and uh, combined with the shooting, I think uh, I, it was it was uh, it was very hard to turn the game around from their side from turn two onwards. I think. Yeah, they had they may have had a slight chance if they had uh, just 
done their plan not to um, I don't know. Like, like, they, I think I think the problem for them was that they uh, focused on my king too much. They should have just gone through with their plan. Yeah, my king pretty, was, it, Yeah, your king it, is pretty it, scary it, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's scared, but he's, he's ten attacks, man. It's nothing. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah you, you say that every game. Like <laughs> charges you. Yeah, but it's it's ten ten attacks. It's nothing, man. No, <laughs> keep telling yourself. It, it, Easy, huh? Yeah. So, uh, so I, I think maybe they had they had a slight chance if they um, had just focused uh, on their uh, on their objectives. But I don't know. It's true. Yeah, I say it's important to focus on the objective. It's easier to get uh, get uh, distracted, yeah, either by bloodlust or by like, oh shit, I need to handle this unit somehow, and then it's uh, yeah, yeah. That's like, It's only ten ten attacks. <laughs> yeah, you say that. <laughs> so a big win for you guys. I don't rem- remember. I think it was uh, it was seventeen uh, three, uh, and they ended up actually killing his uh, killing his king in the later rounds. I mean, it was more or less a moral victory. I'm not sure if uh, much survived uh, despite that. I think one drama or something survived. Yeah. One yeah. Uh, BSP. I, they they killed my king. Yeah. Yeah, in the end. The conclave thing should shot him. Yes, Marcus conclave. Yes. Yeah, but that was perfect because I had pinned down his king and his shooting. That's perfect. The whole game. Yeah. So Turks, how did you your okay. game go? Yeah, uh, our second game was against uh, Jan and Morten, and Morten plays uh, dwarfs and Jan plays ogres. So it was a kind of a like a good evil, good evil mirror match. Yeah. Um, and I remember when we <clears throat> uh, the map uh, I can't remember which map it was but it had two blocking terrain pretty close together Yeah. Uh, and it was like okay we made sure it was room for, for like uh, or the infantry uh, to move uh, through it but it was still pretty narrow and uh, I remember uh, when we were discussing the, uh, the, torn- the, the terrain placement and uh, and uh, uh, Deployment. Uh, I, they they chose that side with that uh, terrain feature on it, and I think it's uh, it, it looked um, good because it was uh, looked very defensive, which is you know dwarves like that. Um, but I think it was maybe a mistake because uh, um, the objective was, um, you know, along the the central uh, line, so they had to leave their defensive position to to reach it. In that case, they they, they bottlenecked themselves. Yeah. So. We were we were kind of lucky that they chose that side uh, of the table. Um, so uh, Philip, you take placed his uh, his ogres uh, halfway against that um, part of the table that I just spoke about, and halfway against the middle. And I, I placed my army on the on the other half, uh, other side of the table, where it was a bit more open and a bit more uh, room for maneuvering. Yeah. Uh, so what he did, or he used, or uh, used his giant to to run into the the, the narrow uh, space between the blocking terrain, so that the enemy would be forced to charge the giant, and they couldn't uh, get past it. It was uh, like a unit of rock riders, a regiment, and uh, a regiment of infantry of some kind. I can't remember uh, exactly what. So while the giant was was blocking, his ogres were were digging up treasure. 
and then when the giant uh, died, um, uh, his warriors could uh, could charge. He uh, charged the uh, berserker Brock and killed him, and then overran into the flank of the Brock riders and killed them as well in the same round. <laughs> so that was a big. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that that was a big. Uh, that was a big turn uh, turnaround. Um, and in the meantime, uh, I was not digging up treasure in the other position because he had an organ gun watching it, and uh, um, I had just landed the gargoyles on it. Now, so just I, I couldn't dig it up with the gargoyles because they would just be killed next round, or they would be able to flee. So I waited out, and then there was a, a hill. So he had to cross the hill to see me. Uh, so we crossed the hill with the uh, horde of ironclad, I think, and uh, two hordes of warriors. Um, and uh, because of uh, because of the chaff and the hill, he couldn't charge me. So when I when he crossed the hill, I charged him, and uh, I killed my my let's see half breed champion. He charged one horde of ogre warriors. Uh, and over two turns, he actually killed the whole unit by himself. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, the grotesques they killed their other uh, the other two units. So it was a pretty big mess. I mean, I was my dice was on fire, so that was a big uh, uh, that was a big thing as well. Uh, so um, yeah, it was. Uh, um, I think we got eighteen two or something in that game. You were actually in the lead by that. Uh, yeah, we tabled them. They had, I think they had the, the only the two standard bearers left in their army. Yeah. So going into the final game. Oh, before that, we had a pizza break in the sun. Nor uh, Bergen is uh, normally uh, quite rainy, but uh, this uh, May has been uh, fantastic, and uh, the weather was nice. So we just sat outside, eating pizza, chatting. And then, yeah, but uh, I had the, uh, the neighbors. I talked to one of the neighbors uh, today, and and uh, they saw. They was like, what, "What's going on? There's a lot of bearded English-speaking people in the in the bomb shelter." Yeah, many of the players yeah. actually fit uh, that uh, stereotype uh, quite well. Yeah. <laughs> Except so they were a bit nervous, but I didn't realize it was uh, just me and my friend. Yeah. <laughs> You, you and your weird friends. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then we went into the cave, which was in a like a fallout sh- shelter, right? Yeah, or a bomb shelter. At bomb least. shelter. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, to, um, to play the last game, and then you guys met in the final. That's right. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. So uh, the scenario was control, and uh, you now you can combat out the, who who gets to kind of. Uh, Define uh, history. I think I will start, but because we didn't define very much of anything during that game, so <laughs> I think <laughs> <laughs> I think I realized when uh, during the deployment, and we had finished both our armies, and none of the Varanger forces had been deployed. I realized we were in big trouble. Yeah, because we were like, okay, uh, like whatever we do, uh, this Varanger force, which is faster and harder hitting than ours, is because we didn't have any shooting at all uh, and very little chaff. Uh, like they're going to dictate everything, and that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you managed to kill my king. 
again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did the same. You landed in behind my lines and my halfway champion was like, all right, it's go time. And uh, I think he yeah. charged and hit him three times before he managed to kill him. And every yeah, time your, your yeah. king would just like, oh, oh, I'm just going to charge something else and kill that. And then he would, I would <laughs> run after him again and hit him again. And then we charge something else and kill that. And I would run after him and hit him again. <laughs> Finally, yeah. I managed to, to take him down. That was a big, yeah, big moment. But that, by that time, he was the uh, second model left on the, on the table, I think, on our side. Yeah. Again, thank you for uh, focusing on focusing on my king and not my um, good units. Yeah, but it was very, it was very like it, it was uh, it was not easy uh, game uh, for uh, for Trill's side because of course he had uh, his unit have a rather large footprint, so there was some form of traffic jam uh, on our right side, and uh, you can easily disrupt this. And if you just buy one or two extra turns of shooting, this is enough. To get uh, one of those uh, grotesque uh, hordes out of the game, and if you take one out of the game, then uh, from there it uh, it starts uh, going going downhill. And when when we were able to take out the first one, uh, uh, almost take out the first one in the in the in the successive turn, they charged into my goblins, and they were not able to break a goblin horde in one charge. Um, if uh, and then you re you're really into tr in, in big trouble because you cannot uh, deal with the echo after that. And I, I think in this game, of course, the, especially the 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 uh, abyssal dwarf force, uh, very many hard hitting and and comparatively fast units. But on our side, the Varanger equally hard hitting but faster. Yeah. Um, yeah. That. Uh, that uh, made a made a big difference, and when you when you compare this with uh, with the cheap bodies that the goblins provide, I think it's a it's a pretty good combination. I mean, there are some improvements that we can make to our army list. Uh, Morton and I spoke a bit about it. Uh, there are some things that uh, that 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 we could could change, um, but I think overall the com the pure combination is very good. But I also think that the combination of abyssal dwarves and ogres could be quite good. Uh, on the other hand, you know, for example, what I, what I said in the game, it didn't. Come much to fruition, but the but the, the the ogre warriors they provide amazing value for money. So um, I mean that uh, in combination with the with the hard hitters from the from the abyssal dwarves could it be something. But in this game, I mean, I guess we we just started off on the right on on the right foot, and uh, we're in the groove after game two. So yeah. so yeah. fast it was lucky. So then it's not a big uh, secret anymore that you guys uh, pulled home the win. Yeah, we were lucky. Champions of the first ever Drizzle of Kings. We are the right? We are the chief drizzlers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are so uber drizzling. Um, yeah, it was it was really good uh, good good day out. I mean, I didn't also it didn't have this. Um, I, I also said it during the tournament. I I, I must say I prefer uh, this. Uh, this doubles tournament over single tournament because you know if you lose, uh, I, I said this to you, Jürgen, I think, and maybe also to Trulz, that if if it's a loss, you know, it's a shared loss, right? You you shoulder the burden kind of together and you say, okay, man, okay, we'll come back another day, and it's it doesn't feel that bad, you know. Yeah. When uh, uh, and if you are if you're a newbie and you're coming in and let let's say those two guys that played their first and second game and and we are on the other side, you know, been let's say Bergen Kings of War players from the very get go. Um, of course, it's easy for them to feel intimidated and and and, and have a bad, let's say, 
uh, a, ba a bad en entry into the game. But uh, in this case, this didn't happen, and it was across the board. Like, even people that lost every single game, they left with a smile on their face. And I, I think, uh, for me, it was an extremely good idea. And uh, I cannot uh, praise it enough, I must say. Yeah, I agree. Maybe, maybe I uh, attend next time as well. <laughs> maybe. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I even had comments from Bjorn, I think, or one of the players who uh, was completely new, and he said that was uh, the best way to introduce someone to uh, to, to the game because yeah. uh, he had someone to ask questions and uh, to spar ideas or, or uh, discuss uh, tactics with. And with the bar of entry being so low, you know, I mean, we had armies for uh, for land if people wanted to borrow stuff, and uh, it's. Uh, People could bring uh, minis from other world games and just place it on the, on the bases that the uh, game made. That was a very, very good initiative. Yeah, and uh, it was uh, good to see also also that Bjorn he, um, you know, the first game that you played against them, Simon and uh, Morten, they were using a lot of time, and I was there and I was moving stuff for them just to get keep things flowing because it would have taken the whole day for them to finish by themselves that first game, but. Already from their second game, things were flowing. They were not using too much time. They knew, knew the rules. They, it kind of all went uh, smoothly from there. So, I think it speaks to the the ease of uh, of learning Kings of War, which is uh, quite amazing. I think I never, I don't think there are any games that are this easy to kind of pick up and and start playing in a tournament without. I don't think Bjorn has even opened the rule book. Before this, but there, but there was, you know, you also have to see. Let's say, on the other hand, there was no, uh, the stakes weren't uh, disproportionately high. Like nobody had to come and pay an entrance fee. It was more like communally mm -hmm. organized. Truls, he provided the venue for free. Thanks again for that. Yeah. Uh, the pizza was shared cost for everybody. It was more like a group of friends coming out for a gaming afternoon. Yes, okay, we kept score, but it wasn't like you know. When, 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 of course, you know when when let's say. Morton uh, and, uh, and I, we played Trulz and, and Philip in the final. Of course, it was a final, yes. But it wasn't a final to the death, you know. It uh, it wasn't, let, let, let's say, where we say, ah, you know, but yeah, you move this one like half an inch too much, or hey, you cannot uh, touch and then put the model back. Like, you know, all these kind of things that, yeah. that they made for... They, we There was a certain margin for mistakes, and... Uh, and, and nobody felt cheated uh, or taken advantage of. And, and, and I think this kind of... Uh, environment uh, gives everybody enjoyment, and enjoyment is what the people are coming for, and uh, and and that, that is why they will come back. And I will promise you, when we meet again for the Reign of Kings, many of these people we will see again. Yeah. So yeah. No, I agree. It's a very very relaxed atmosphere, very friendly. So it's. Um and the format, I mean, rules-wise, it. Uh, I also, I think I said this also. I'm in the beginning to you, Jürgen. There's no meta for it. Uh, we uh, uh, there's no established like net listing to say, ah, you know, right now, I don't know, flying abyssal circus rules the game. No, it doesn't exist because there's uh, almost infinite uh, amount of, of of combinations that you can have, and and each has their own. And it also like. Com like intra-team communication plays a huge role. Uh, I said it in the second game when we were playing against the Icelanders and they were speaking in Icelandic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huge, huge advantage. Why, 
why are you speaking in the fucking heathen tongue? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Philip was speaking to me in Polish, but that didn't work well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, no, but it's uh, you know this communication. It's it's very important, and also one of the of the added advantages is if if it's the opposing team's turn, one of the guys can go to the bathroom or grab a drink because you only need one other guy at the table. Yeah. So it's um yeah I mean I I can't unless you really enjoy like being on your own and you enjoy this kind of uh co- competitive setting a lot I don't see much downside to this actually. Oh. And um I was uh, quite uh I would say I was uh, expecting more list building shenanigans because as you said said uh, there is no meta but there are also some really nasty combinations that you can when you can cast spells on allies uh, yeah. it opens up uh, a whole well of new possibilities because uh, certainly armies that uh, don't have access to heal can get lots of heal armies that don't have a cheap surge can get surged by uh, allying with undead and st- stuff like that and I think the only ones um, I-, I didn't see much of that uh, so next time because I think we will do this uh, again uh, I expect uh, people to get a little more because they, there were lots of new guys this time, right? So next time people will, will have more experience, will kind of probably find more enjoyment uh, discussing with their partners how do we make this list. And uh, so the next Drizzle of Kings or whatever we will call it, I think people will, will be bringing the, the big guns. Uh, but it's fair, you know. I mean, the, the next time we will not have four noobs. Uh, they have some time uh, to to come to the club, arrange games, uh, and play every week. So, uh, and and also, uh, one thing is when you have a thousand point list, and and we are not much used to that because let's say our standard is two k. Um, is that uh, you can you have this rule that you can only have let's say one of a certain war machine or one of a certain hero, you know, and that uh, introduces actual limitations into the game. And I, I had a discussion today with Morten and Morten said, "Ah, why why don't you have more trombones?" I'm like, "Ah, because I can't." <laughs> so uh, <laughs> because I had this uh, this Grok's uh, super rock lobby, yeah, because I had a good model that I wanted to use, but it's very unreliable, and it's uh, actually very difficult to build uh, a one k goblin list that works well with Varenga because of course you can put the infinite uh, number of let's say spitters on the field or rebel yeah. but then you have problems with space because the the the, pl- the the playing field is not that big and you want the Varenga to be able to move around so there is challenges but interesting challenges because you you can work on them in a collaborative manner right you can say okay what do you think about that can we does this work well with what you have planned and it's uh, it's it's uh, socially and intellectually a good challenge yeah, so I think maybe we should just uh, wrap up the discussion about the Drizzle Kings. Uh, the conclusion is we will uh, do it uh, again, uh, at least uh, in a year's time uh, from now. But uh, maybe we should actually have a small double event uh, during the fall, before Reign of Kings. I was thinking about that, but we can discuss that later, I think. Mm. Nimble! <laughs> Okay, guys, so we just uh, wrapped up the discussion about the Drizzle of Kings, but uh, we should use the opportunity to talk about uh, some other stuff going on in Norway and in, in, and in Bergen, in the Kings of War scene. <coughs> so uh, we can just let things... Uh, we have uh, some events we should talk about, uh, mention, and then we have uh, 
maybe you can talk a little bit about uh, community building as well, because we are actually trying to um, stimulate more activity in uh, in Kings uh, in the Kings of War Norwegian community, and uh, especially the hobby side. I'm not a great painter or a hobbyist myself, but uh, I enjoy pa- uh, playing against well-painted armies, and uh, I know people often need some kind of uh, uh, motivation to, to, to plug through all their unpainted miniatures and uh, and pull out their uh, painting stations and uh, stuff, or else they would just sit down in the couch, watch net- Netflix or play some computer game or something. So we um, this year we have had monthly uh, painting competitions on um, King's War Norway, the, the, the Facebook group that we have, about 130 members now. And uh, we've actually had uh, quite good uh, turnout for uh, each each of the competitions. Uh, we have different themes. Uh, Trulls, you have joined some of them? Yes. Um, I can't remember what the themes were, but I painted uh, or almost finished painting uh, a monster and I painted uh, a couple of uh, hordes of uh, forest jamblers and... That's it, I think. Remember? Yeah. But the whole point so is to, some... to just uh, gotten... give people some uh, motivation to pull out their paint, uh, painting stuff, and uh, and get colors on the models. And it's it's a it's, a, it's not a big uh, you know. There's no prizes or anything. It's just glory. And each month uh, we um, we award uh, well, we we uh, how do you say it. We uh, appoint the winner for the best one. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, it's think- a communal vote thing. We just post the pictures and uh, we have a vote, and uh, whichever gets the whoever gets the most votes wins. And, I think it's uh, a good. Yeah. I think it's a good way to to like uh, make uh, have the game be more uh, visible, like in social media stuff like that, like. Like on our uh, group uh, Vestland uh, Wargaming, we uh, we have a lot of other games as well, and um, and every time we post anything about Kings of War, like our tournament or the or the painting competition, that it makes uh, it gets more visible, uh, yeah. so people get more curious, and it also like people that may have uh, uh, miniatures for different games, and if. They sit down. Okay, now I'm going to paint some, but I don't know which game I'm going to paint for. And it's like, okay, at least there's a competition. Things are going. I could paint for that. Yeah. But maybe that will also motivate people to prioritize uh, Kings of War. And I think that is key. Uh, just having having it visible, so that it's not just the the ten same friends sharing stuff on uh, a closed chat on Facebook or something, but getting mm. it out there and 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 showing it off and inspiring other people too pick up the paintbrush and, and join the conversation, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, and it's working quite well. So the next, uh, this month, we had uh, a Mantic May Madness. Uh, and uh, Bjorn won with a, a nice-looking Moloch Horde. So the the theme was that you could only paint Mantic miniatures. And I posted the the result, the winning result on uh, uh, Cow Bergen, which is my Twitter account where I try to promote the activity going on in Bergen. And I, they have gotten quite a good response, uh, uh, many likes and retweets and everything. So um, that's a fun part of it as well, kind of connecting with the international community. That's cool. And uh, the next um, theme is uh, 
multi basis. So you can, uh, the, the competition is making the most extravagant uh, and good looking multi basis over the summer. So that would be quite exciting because that's a big, uh, big part of Kings of War as well, I think. Yeah, I think that's also a good way to pr- promote it toward people who don't play Kings of War if they look like see cool dioramas, and that's something that uh, separates Kings of War from uh, a lot of other games. Yeah. So that could be like a selling point. Yeah. Well, enough about that. Uh, we have some um, events that we should talk about as well because. Yeah. Um, Maybe you can, you you are the main honcho of Kings of War in Bergen. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, the organizer of uh, the Reign of Kings, which is our fall tournament, usually a yeah. singles tournament. So maybe you can uh, do a pitch about that. All right. Uh, yeah, we're going to have um, Reign of Kings, uh, spelled R-A-I-N, as in Reign, because it rains a lot in Bergen, and I like puns. Um, so, uh, uh, this is going on, let's see, let me just make sure that I got the date correct. Uh, I believe it's at the beginning of November, October. Yeah, the second. Second of November. Yeah, second of, no- second of second November to, oh, uh, third, sorry, third to fourth of November. Yeah. Oh, oh! I'm sorry. I'm sick that day. <laughs> no, Morten, you have opened the Pandora's ah. box. No, no, I'll, I'm, I'm having a cold. Then. <laughs> so anyway, what's uh, this is uh, like in just a normal, uh, at least for now, <laughs> a normal uh, singles event. Uh, to, uh, we haven't really discussed anything about the compact or anything like that. But what we did last year was we had uh, two thousand points, and then. We used uh, some. Uh, we did. Um, Fred, he, he uh, taught us. Uh, there was uh, like a, uh, some sort of formula they used um, to to figure out that the hardest hitting units um, uh, or monsters, because we wanted to uh, have more people. This was before Clash of Kings 2018, so we wanted to promote people fielding more. Infantry or infantry horse, and and maybe curb some of the strongest uh, monster flyers and stuff like that because, we, and uh, we got the impression that that was uh, uh, they were a bit overpowered. So we had a and it was compact and that curbed a few of the of the uh, of the um, hardest hitting flyers to have only move speed eight instead of ten, and that was decided. Uh, basically, uh, uh, on the damage output. Yeah. Um, so we we uh, made a, a rules change to to the hardest hitting flyers, and uh, I think some of the just nimble units as well. I can't quite remember. Just, just tone down the the biggest alpha yeah. strike units. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. So so that was um, that was a great uh, success. I can't remember how many players were like sixteen or something 16, like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're hoping uh, even more players uh, next year. Um, this is, um, uh, yeah, we had um, how many people coming from Oslo? Five or six, yeah, maybe. Five, yeah. Yeah. So, so we're hoping uh, more people come because this is the only, well, up until now, it's the only big uh, Kings of War event in Bergen. Uh, so we're trying to make it. Uh, 
annual event and trying to to grow it. Actually, the the, the only no, you, you, there is actually a tournament in in Kristiansand as well, right? So it's not the only big tournament tournament outside of. No, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. But are they still doing Kings of War down in, in at Invasion? I don't know. Uh, no, I think maybe they. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think they have a, like a local scene. I think they. they, they yeah, I know was, there wasn't uh, a local scene because when we were there, it was just the one player in all of uh, Stavanger playing Kings of War. <laughs> so he was very happy that we came there <laughs> to play with him. <laughs> it's a big effort to include him in the loop. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, what we did uh, with the tournament last year, uh, with the compact and reducing speed on flyers and such, was was the right move then. But I think uh, the Clash of Kings um, uh, 2018 with the new um, unit strength uh, uh, playing a bigger role in most scenarios uh, mm. and uh, some of the new uh, units and spells and everything actually tones down the need to, to, to comp the game. I haven't had the same feeling as I had that. I, uh, I have to agree uh, large parts, actually, because I think unit strength played a huge role in our scenarios, especially in the, in the first one in terms of uh, claiming or uh, contesting objectives during the accumulation of, uh, of points. Um, one thing that, uh, of course, was still prevalent and uh, a bit peculiar was uh, what uh, when Morton mentioned that his king was dancing with the other king. Of course, if you have a nimble flyer that flies around and annoys and threatens, and then you have another one chasing him through the air, it's this nimble dance. You know, it's not yeah. in my in my individual perception. It's not uh, beautiful rank and file gaming, in my opinion. That's my opinion. But uh, uh, of course, it's uh, it's it's. I agree. It's it's tuned down. We don't need our own compact, but this uh, nimble and uh, kind of shenanigans uh, <laughs> that you can do with a flyer. I mean, it's uh, still it's not my cup of tea. Let's say it like that. Yeah. We'll discuss that and see see what comes out of it. But um... ah, no need to comp nothing. It's just uh, I, I I think Clash of Kings 2018 and and in general I think that the, the let's say that the the it introduces new impulses and I think that was uh, what it was meant to do yeah. or it is meant to do on a yearly basis and I think it does that quite well. Yeah. New units, the formations are like um, you can use uh, these uh, bulwalkers now in a good way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there is a lot of things that are good about it. Yeah. No, I'm into it. It's going to be exciting to see what. Uh, yeah. I'm, I haven't paid much attention to uh, how formations have changed the, the the meta or the the tournament up until now, but it will be interesting to see. Yeah. Did anyone use uh, formations uh, um, yesterday? No, I don't think so. No formations. <laughs> Uh, if, if if I play dwarfs, uh, for sure I will use this wall of iron. It's just uh, too good not to use it, in my opinion. But um, uh, the dwarfs don't align with Varanger so well, so uh, we have to. We have to. We have to. Do. Did we? Uh, did we? This uh, this uh, this uh, summer campaign models. This Jarvis. This guy that makes the undead good yeah, guys. Yeah, you could do that. Haha. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, so we will ally next time, uh, Simon. Uh, yes. uh, and, and you can bring your earth elementals, and I can bring uh, a lich priest with surge 12. Uh, this is how we roll. Uh, <laughs> oh, I think we will oh, win the next drizzle of kings. 
Yes. <laughs> trying uh, trying our best to break the game. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah, but uh, so we um, if if people want to join, we expect people from uh, Oslo and um, and uh, Trondheim and of course Norwegian cities. But uh, if some Danes or or Swedes or Brits or something want to, to take uh, the trip over and, and join the tournament, they will be more than welcome. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And the, and the last thing we should mention before we uh, say goodnight is uh, is uh, the big event happening in January, which is Fred's uh, brainchild, uh, the Conquest mm-hmm. tournament in Oslo. Uh, I attended last year, and uh, Morten and I had... Uh, no, it was actually this year. It was in January. So uh, I attended uh, earlier this year, and uh, Morten and I have already signed up for uh, for uh, next year, right, Morten? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was drunk. <laughs> you were drunk, yeah. <laughs> I was, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I was tired, and uh, what can I say? <laughs> yeah, I made a mistake. <laughs> you made a mistake. Well, now you're in, and you've paid, so uh, it'll be good times. If I remember correctly, you was the first to sign up. I was, I was the first to sign up, yeah. Somebody yeah, has to be the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're my leader now. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you were second. Yeah, I was second. So, yeah. Fantastic. So, there, I think there are 11 people signed up now. And uh, the experience this year was great. Uh, um, the hotel tournament, get out of bed, roll out of bed, so to speak, go to breakfast, <laughs> and then... Uh, uh, just uh, up a flight of stairs and you're in the gaming room and uh, you can drink beer and you can uh, never leave the hotel if you don't want to uh, <laughs> which is uh, quite That's good in, uh, in Norway in January uh, in, in yes. Oslo it's, best. <laughs> it's quite cold <laughs> uh, bring a cold <laughs> but I expect you uh, to join right? oh I'm coming absolutely and Simon? Uh, when, oh, is, yeah. when is the date again? Uh, I'm sorry the second week First. of January. Uh, I don't have the dates in front of me, but uh, there's uh, a high probability that I would show up. Yes. Yeah. So last year, yeah, we were, I think we were twenty players, twenty-two players, or something like that, which was uh, great. And uh, I expect it to grow bigger this year. And I hope hope people show up uh, because Fred puts on a, a great uh, show. It's um, it was just a fantastic experience. I think. Yeah, well, we can do a road trip with this train. I always wanted to take this train. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing to see on that train. It's just in a tunnel. <laughs> well, the first <laughs> half is just in a tunnel, and then the second half uh, it's in the woods. It's in the woods. Yeah. Yeah, but Correct. by that time it's dark, so you can't see anything. No. Yeah. So but you can sit on the train. You can uh, talk about Kings of War. You can discuss uh, lists. You can drink beer. You can yeah. paint your model so they're finished. Yeah. I did take that friend once with uh, with a Swedish old lady, and <laughs> she smelled a lot and was quite large. So I had uh, half of my seat. Yeah, fantastic trip. <laughs> okay, Recommend you're really selling it, it now. <laughs> Recommend it. Yeah. yeah. 
But uh, since I'm traveling with you, I think it will be a big improvement of our own old Swedish lady. <laughs> I, I'm not so sure. So sure, Simon. <laughs> I mean, you know, you you said there was beer, and I'm I'm not sure. Wasn't it that in Norway you're not allowed to drink beer in like public spaces? Is the train a public space? Oh, the yeah. train is a is a is a is a restaurant on wheels. Yeah, there's a uh, restaurant uh, uh, train uh, wagon. Yeah. Yay, great. The beer is only yeah. 12 euros. Yay. Oh, <laughs> 16, 20. <laughs> Probably 30 yeah, on that train. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have to start saving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I finished my army. Uh, I'm not buying any more miniatures for this army, so it's. Uh, so you know what to bring. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of uh, ogres this time. You started a new army, right? Yeah, I, I bought a new one. Maybe I oh, have really? to also. Cool. Yeah, I don't know. I'm bringing my uh, this dwarfs. Well, I'm bringing. I think I'm thinking of bringing kingdoms of men. Oh, that would be nice. Because uh, it takes off all the pressure because no one expects anything <laughs> of you. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm sitting right now painting my old free company, repainting my old free company militia, just trying to make them look less like crap with minimal effort. So uh, we'll see. I wish you good luck, man. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I need it. <laughs> oh, well, uh, I think maybe we have run out of topics. Uh, no need to drag it out. Or do you have any final thoughts? See you nope. at uh, Conquest. Yeah, see you at the club. See you at the club. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, good thinking, man. <laughs> okay, guys, let's yeah. call it a day. Um, thank you for uh, joining us for this uh, little uh, chat, and uh, I hope uh, it passes the 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 high bar at uh, Fred's uh, Giant Dwarf uh, podcast. Uh, what do you call it? The, yeah, the, the editor. Yeah, he knows we are coming to Oslo, so he has no choice. Yeah, <laughs> he has to be nice. Yeah, or, or we will we ask for refunds. Yeah, Simon. Yeah. I, enough said. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye. Okay. Bye. You can reach us on Twitter at KLW Oslo, or you can contact us by email: giantdwarfpodcast at gmail.com